This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. Get movie microscope. Today's episode is The Accountant. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the ergonomic, economic, gnostic, and completely hot stick himself, Justin Wendell. What's going on, sir? Oh, man, nothing much. You know, I'm just happy to be here with you, happy to be talking about 2016's The Accountant, Nick. Um, A movie that's finally getting a sequel, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, coming up on 10 years almost. Yeah, I mean, they think it's going to, right? Is it official? I, I'll just be honest. Lithgow's coming back. I mean, he said he's already in for the sequel, so I can't imagine they're not going to. Him and Gene Smart both committed, so I can't imagine they're not going to make it. What's Christian Wolf doing these days, you know? wonder what. Uh, anyway, before we get to that, Nick, I'm sure you saw the news. What news? Jim Caviezel in the news, one of our favorites. Speaking of a Christian Wolf. What are in you the talking news, about? Because he says that he will not work with Robert De Niro. Because nobody wants to hire him? He said that he won't work with him because, you know, De Niro is, um, I guess, progressive or leftist or woke. I don't know what the terms he used. I can't read a Caviezel quote. It's impossible. But along the lines, he said that it wouldn't be starring in any movie with Robert De Niro. And the message from the internet was clear. Of course. <laughs> and so I, I told you I retweeted... Anson Mount, I'm your favorite actor, who said that he wouldn't be <laughs> accepting any gold medals from the Olympics this year. Okay, here's something that it irritates the shit out of me. All right, let's hear it. Let's be, I mean, Jim Caviezel's, to use the colloquialism that you enjoy so greatly, is a wild piece of shit. But honestly, what's great about the world is mm-hmm. that you could be working with somebody whose beliefs differ than yours, and it's fine. You could be existing in a social circle with people whose beliefs differ from yours, and it's fine. You have friends so, that don't have this, the same makeup as yourself, you know, don't think like you. It's all true. Not in Jim Caviezel's case, though. He can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it, Nick. Um, did anybody bring up the fact that nobody's asking him to work with Robert De Niro? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what the internet was screaming at him. You know, whatever. Caviezel has gone kind of off the deep end a little bit. I think he's dumb. So he's like, there's rumors that he's just dumb and he just absorbs conspiracy theories. But the thing is, I think what we all forget, one of our best actors, you know? Along similar lines, I got a headline fed to me about Kirk Cameron today, (laughs) who is basically giving up on the rapture. Did you hear about this? No, if this is even better, this is even better. He he has basically come to the conclusion the rapture might not be happening anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read the rest of it. I didn't want, I didn't want to, I, I knew cause he, I knew 
I didn't think like he was going to be, maybe I should cool my jets a little bit and be a little bit more inclusive as a human being. I don't think that's where the narrative went. I think the narrative went, once we get through this hard time, it'll be a peaceful period, you know, where we could just chill out and wait for the rapture. So I don't think it, the narrative was that Kirk Cameron suddenly is thinking about, you know what, maybe I should be a little bit nicer to a wider variety of people. He's just but- bummed. He's not going to get raptured. Is that he, he? Is it one of those things that if he starts saying it's not going to happen, maybe it will? Is that his? Ooh, I'm fine with it, by the way. If the rapture happens, or you get fine. left behind? I, I mean, no, I, I probably will get left behind. But let, let's be honest, I'm 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 fine with it because it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see. And who knows? I'm a pretty good dude. I'm yeah. not I'm not a mean person. I, I don't do bad things, you know. I'm going to do this math for you, okay? The world's hard. If there is a God, it's it's punishing down here for a lot of people. A lot of bad things have happened. I hope he sucks up Kirk Cameron and has to hang out with him, if there is a God. I hope he has to sit and have conversations with Kirk Cameron. Um, Here's where you got this wrong by a billion miles, Mr. Cameron. All right. Anyway... I think that, it, you know, if I think it would be an interesting Thursday if all of a mm-hmm. sudden people started getting their handkerchiefs pulled into the sky. You know, we wouldn't and, be and going. I, We'd be I mean, there. probably not, you know, because I think the rules that human beings say is that you have to go through a series of processes in order to be accepted. But mm-hmm. I would like to think that let's say that there's just that one God that a handful of people think is the only God, right? And they have a core set of beliefs and they're, and, and people that are good at heart and all that. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll make it. I don't know. My plan but, is if there's a rapture, it's soon soon as it happens because you know I'm, I'm like i said i'm staying as soon as it happens i get in my car i am beelining it to the nearest hooters mm-hmm. and i'm gonna start eating all the free wings on the tables for the people that get zooped up you know okay yeah there is a hooters I, right by my house that's why i said hooters but any kind of wings place you know what i'm doing first yes what I am turning off all of my auto renews on any sort of billings that i have any sort of payment processes i have i'm going to un auto renew every damn one of them that's think, first move do you think if the if people then i'm going did, to hooters <laughs> if people did get raptured like we went through that and people just disappeared do you think you'd just flinch all the time thinking it might happen again like would it would it take a while to get i guess it would settle in and you just get used to not being raptured right what if, yeah. the, if people got raptured and, and the last thing they said was ow like as soon as they you know, and they disappeared. Yeah. When you just walk around like, oh, or what man, if, what if it was, a, <laughs> this would be amazing. What if it, you know, human error in the translation, mm-hmm. right? Turns out you see like all these um, God-fearing people getting eviscerated by tiny dinosaurs. It's a raptor, actually. They misread it. They got raptored. You hear Gareth Edwards is directing the new Jurassic? I did hear, and I thought of you immediately. What a great choice. They've had perfect scripts, so I'm not worried about it at all. Well, I mean, he had the creator, That's, which Oz, it's too early for you to show up and start your shit. <laughs> I didn't see the creator yet, which I did want to see, and I missed it. And that was his kind of. Well, if you get raptured, <laughs> might have a better chance of seeing the creator than if that happens. I might make some time. I get your joke, but I'm still thinking about Garth Edwards as cre- the creator. I didn't see it. It didn't do too hot, but it must have earned some. Hollywood respect because they tapped him for the new Jurassic Park. David Leach fell through, and so did he Gareth fall Edwards, through? Or did he just did he have creative differences? What's going on? I heard there was. I heard it broke apart during negotiations. He says, "I want three hundred dollars." Like fuck off. Gareth I mean, Edwards say, "I'll take two seventy-five. I agree. I mean, I, David Leach. Well, he's no slouch. Yeah. He's no slouch. No, he's got very good posture. But I think he's. It's a second unit movie. But anything else? What else is going on, man? I'm trying to think. I started. I, I know you don't like to hear about this, but I started watching Mr. Mercedes on Peacock. I'm hooked, man. It's so good, isn't it? I'm surprised that more. I know you liked it, and it's a few years old now. I think it started in 2018. 
But what a well-made show. Like, what a well-done show. Great scripts. Great performance by Brendan Gleeson. He was just being his awesome self. In a, the, turtle, um, the turtle's a must. He owns a tortoise, which is, and he, and he throws lettuce at it during the credits, which is, uh-huh. which is great. They changed, they tweak the credits like every episode, which I like. Mm-hmm. The little intro where he wakes up uh, on his chair. You know, he's a retired policeman or detective. It's great. It's great, man. I, it's a really good show. I know it ran three seasons. Did you like the whole series? I haven't seen the whole series because, like I said, you had to watch it through a pinhole. I think the season two and I think season three, you had to actually have it projected onto a a dwarf's back to be able to watch it efficiently. So, well, now it's on Peacock. I don't know if you have it. I don't, but the first two seasons are available for purchase on Apple, which okay. I would be prone to do. Yeah, it's really it's got a great cast. I read the book and didn't love it, but I really like the show. And uh, my favorite part of the book were, were the characters, and the characters are all great. So, yeah, I'm big recommend for me. But other than that, you know, just you know, doing it, you know, just trying to spread the holy word of the movie microscope everywhere I go. No, you're not. You're not promoting it. I am. I got one more listener last week, and that was a mistake. It was not. Well, she's she my 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 good friend uh, who I work with decided to start with the sleepers episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Where you renamed the movie Hard Guards. <laughs> So maybe she won't be listening anymore, but that's okay. She listened to one, you know? Honestly, let me create a um, an analogy. Mm-hmm. The first scotch I ever drank, I'm drinking scotch right now, actually. The first mm-hmm. scotch I ever drank was Laphroaig, which is the most peaty, most aggressive, uh, most off-putting kind of scotch, right? Yes. And it made me love it. So I fell in love with the harshest scotch. If she listened to the sleepers episode and she likes it, it is all gravy. That's the that's the glasses half full approach to this. The you know, delicious. at least she went into the deep waters, right? You know, it's it's not like she started with I don't know Megan. You know, she went hard. Well, she likes sleepers. That's why she did that, my friend Marissa. Here's the thing, Nick. She got excited when she found out we did sea fever. It was a joke. No one got excited in the history. <laughs> I I almost had a palp. What is your favorite scotch, by the way? Bacula or? Definitely not Bacula. It's only a scot I can think of. Wolf. What's the um, Underworld scot? Speedman. Old Speedy. I love Speedman. What's a lot of scots. You know what's funny? A lot of scots in Hollywood these days. That's the biggest Zoom we've ever done on the show. Huge Zoom. But tell me some. I mean, Adkins, right? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buff. George Action C. Star. Campbell. R.I.P. Connery. Scott Connery, he's Scottish. You see, I'm running out of Scots. <laughs> let's think if we could. Let's try to get some more Scots because you said there were okay. a lot, and I don't think okay, there are. there are Glenn, Scott Glenn. Okay, that's it. Greta no, Scott no. is that a Greta Scotchy? Scotchy. It's <laughs> close enough. Let's, let's uh, counter. Let's counter. You got Scott uh, Summers. Uh, he's one of the ex gentlemen. <laughs> you got Scott Winters, <laughs> Dean's brother, the better talent. Who's Scott? <laughs> Is How about true? them apples? How about them apples? Is that Scott Winters? That's Dean Winters' yeah. brother? Yeah. The guy from Good Will Hunting? Yeah. That, now, that is an actual Zoom. I didn't know this. They played brothers on Oz together. Dean Winters showed up in Monsieur uh, Spade on AMC. Nice. As a priest Get, from New York. Wh- hey, um, does, is Ashley Scott in that by any chance? Mm. I was thinking first names, but you can go to you can go to last names. I said Scott Wolf, right? That's a huge one. Yeah, we gotta say it twice. Maybe the best Scott in Hollywood, Scott Wolf. Don't you think? You, you notice how I have said none because I don't know any. I said one. Really? Scott Bakula is who I said. And that's it. Give me, let's try to get three more. Scott McNary. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> okay, three more. That's easy. Gary Scott invented. He created that show Las Vegas with James Caan, whose son's yeah. name is what? I can't. I can't remember. What? Oh, Scott. That's right. That's his son's name. That's <laughs> two right deep. there. That's you're two dig, right there. You're digging deep. I don't think we've hit two. What was the first? I said Gary Scott created the show Las Vegas, which stars James Caan, whose son's name is Scott Caan. Okay, yeah. I didn't follow you. I still hooked on the Vegas guy. Okay. Yeah, Scott Caan's a big one. Who are we missing? Let me go to the website Famous Scott's real quick. We forgot the best. Yeah. Scott Cooper, director of Crazy Heart. Scott Bayo, my man. Jesus Star Christ. of Zapped. You know, he said this week he would never work with Robert De Niro, which <laughs> Scott Bayo, interesting, interesting person, a wild piece of shit. When you see his name come up in the news, you know that something on earth has been shitted upon by him somehow or made worse by his presence. That's too bad. What a great actor. Chameleon, really, you know? Yeah, he's cold-blooded. On this show, we call the movie Microscope, folks. This show we zoom in. We put soup on blast. We boycott the terry cloth renaissance. We piss up a pregnancy. We girdle shame. We figure out what the hell a sweet something might be. We candy cane the puked. Ransack a philanderer's cabin. Absolutely crush on a donut dinner. Watch a movie through a set of laden eyes. Tired, weary eyes that have watched and seen, screened out, made her braid. Let a movie descend, see what happens, you know, share it with the likes of you, the listener. So if we're talking about My Girl 2, we're going to talk about the scene where Anna Chalumsky, as a young Miss Sultan Fuss, meets a new boy while visiting her relative, Dan Aykroyd. And that boy does not get B-killed. Kid from the last Boy Scout. I think he doesn't get B-killed, but they do dig up Macaulay's body and resurrect it, and they run in terror for the remainder of the film as the now hungry for his super brains, Macaulay Culkin devours everything in sight until Anna Chalumsky is nothing but a bump of shit. Talk about the little moments. I am going to say that you remembered her last name from my girl. How do you not remember Sultan Fuss? Well, first of all, I don't think about that movie. I did see, I probably saw both of them in the theater though. And it's weird that it got a sequel. What a strange movie to get a sequel. And once you go to two, you got to go to three. Where's my girl three? They should do it now with her. She's still, she's still relevant. Yeah. She's in V Call it my woman. Call it my woman. My woman three. Just to confuse. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, I believe, played her dad, right? Why'd you say it was a distant Maybe they were. Maybe they were Splitsville. Maybe he was They were. He was a divorcee. Mm -hmm. Harry Sultanfuss, was that his name? I think it was, Nick. I just looked it up. And by the way, do you remember his occupation in that movie? It's not a beekeeper, is it? Uh, I'm going to say he was a mailman. He's an undertaker. He works at a funeral home, I believe. Plays bongos on dead bodies in that movie. Do you remember those scenes? I don't remember that. Chopper in Stand By Me was an undertaker. <laughs> anyway, Nick, The Accountant, a movie you enjoy. I enjoy the shit out of. Never saw it before we decided to do it for this one. I got to say, I enjoyed it as well. 2016. I mean, it we is were... this weirdly intriguing blend of a variety of genre films to me. It is. And it, it's, it's a rare movie that's full of odd coincidences. And I usually don't like movies like that. This one worked for me. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's fun. I, are you talking about the, the end? There's a couple coincidences, yeah. The very end and then the Bernthal reveal as well. That's what I thought. That's what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's another reveal at the end that's even thinner with the um, who's who's giving him his, who's his like. Oh, yeah. His Diane from Twin Peaks or whatever. All right. Well, let's back it up, though. You, you saw this in the theater. Did you see it more than once? Saw it more than once in the theater, bought it immediately, and I've watched it probably a total of six times. And it was kind of a hit, right, this movie? 
It was successful enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it obviously for the show. And then I rewatched it again today to take notes. It is so well made. It is so well shot and so well edited. The guy, uh, Gavin O'Connor, director of, of Warrior and, of, and a variety of other things. Did he do Green Street Hooligans too? I didn't, I he didn't do that. That was the uh, the director of Punisher Warzone. Okay. What's her That's name? Right. Patty that, something? Or? No. No, what's I know her you're name? talking about. Yeah. She has a name. Solomon Grundy, I think. What is her name? Oh, I used to I, follow her on Twitter. That's right. she, she, had, she, had, she had some Twitter meltdowns, if I remember right. Lexi Alexander, maybe? Yes, that's her. Yeah, Lexi. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she's vocal on Twitter. She's, but, you know, she's a talented director, I think. But no, Gavin O'Connor did Warrior, like you said. He did, what else did he do? American director, which I, I was surprised. I thought he was English. I thought he was. He, uh, did, he did Pride and Glory, which is pretty good. The Colin Way Farrell? Back. I like that movie. He did The Way Back, which, which is, I think that's him, another uh, Affleck movie. Yeah, that's more recent than Accountant. That was one of the early movies that went straight to streaming because of the pandemic. But he shot a bunch of TV stuff, like The Americans, that was good, which is actually there's a cast member for The Americans on the show. Which one? Uh, Allison Wright, she plays the grown-up woman who has like autism that's helping mm. him behind the scenes. So what's, let's talk about the cast. We got just kidding Simmons in it. You got Jean smart. You mentioned her already. Love show, love when she shows up. You got the Maria Shriver lookalike Anna Kendrick in this. <laughs> you got Cynthia Aday Robinson, who I'd never seen in something before doing her best M Gutha raw impersonation. I think she's just, she's kind of the audience surrogate in this. Correct. Like that's her character. Whatever. Trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this dude. You got Johnny Burnt. You got John Lith. The gentleman who played the cop in Ozark, playing who? their father, playing Affleck's father. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you got old Jeffrey Tambor, pre-canceled in this. And then you have a bunch of very familiar-looking stunt people. Your main squeeze in this, Nick. To me, he will always be Ben Affleck. To you, he will always be Ben Affleck. This is true. <laughs> I'll never get his name right. That is okay. He's so famous, but not famous enough for me to stick the landing on his name. Do you think that it's official that Ben Affleck is the more successful of the two? No, did I say Ben Affleck, ben Affleck or Matt Damon? Which one's which one is more successful? Which one would you consider at this point has the better career? Ooh, that's a tough because. Affleck's a hell of a director. Damon's track record might be better. Maybe not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think you got to give the edge to Affleck. I feel like he's more in demand in a way. I mean, you can't discount the Bourne series and The Martian, which is one of the most entertaining movies ever made. Oh, uh, Damon's great. I would say Damon still has a bit of the edge. I don't know, man. Because he has a squeaky clean, squeaky clean tabloid. Not really, actually. The way he treated Mini Driver and that whole Bitcoin advertisement. But the Bitcoin advertisement is a little bit worse. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I feel like the mini driver thing was just kind of young people. Yeah, but who knows? But honestly, I, I would say they have both resisted so many things that would derail many careers and have stayed true to themselves and are they're the real deal, both of them. And Casey, I would lump him in there, too, even though I know he's had some some off screen stuff. But it's amazing that that kind of group of friends from the go hunting era, Cole Hauser included, they've all kind of exceeded expectations. So I would say that super zoom. I would way. say that Ben Affleck has taken more risks. Than Matt Damon, I guess. I think at this point, that's safe to say. You mean like VD? Like to get VD? More chances to get VD? And I think that another thing is Matt Damon doesn't have a movie and an album made about loving him. Like, I think J-Lo just came out with a Ben F. She just wrote like a tribute, did like a whole tribute like album to their love or something. And Caviezel said he'd never listened to it. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of interviewing both of them. And I would say, I think Ben Affleck liked me more than Matt Damon liked me. I'm going to go on the side of Affleck. Seems like a more personal dude. I think we'd be probably besties. 
You know, I think he'd probably dish me for Damon. I'm sorry. He'd probably for me. He'd probably say, once you start pronouncing me name, right? He probably like, they find it endearing and maybe real. Like, here's a guy that just doesn't care about my fame. You know, see, the thing is your names don't flow together. Well, like yeah, if you have a courtship with Affleck, mm-hmm. you have to have your names merge like Benifer, you know? Yeah. Ben or just, you know, it doesn't really work. Ben Ziata, though, does marvelously you would you would get along yeah look at i'm looking at pictures of uh is this weird i i, I type jim caviezel in jeans i'm just googling it to see i like to see him at rest see him relaxed <laughs> so what's the premise of the accountant justin there's a dude played by ben affleck that is a on the spectrum he is uh, an accounting business where he where he takes clients and helps them out with their books right but come to find out that's not what he does all the time some of the time he also is like a an assassin behind the scenes and the accountant thing is kind of a front for his underworld shenanigans does that make sense is that no, it doesn't. am i doing that's it right actually no you're doing a poor job all right, let's hear it. Let's you redo it for me. He is a forensic accountant for the dangerous cartels and all these oligarchs and stuff like that. So he cooks the books for the baddies or in some cases uncooks the books for the baddies. And he happens to be a very adept fighter as well. But his main thing is that he is a a, a book doctor, a book cooker. A book no, I know he works with the bad guys sometimes, but he also kind of marches to the beat of his own drum, right? So like sometimes he takes out a bunch of criminals. Oh, he does. If they do, if they do the wrong thing, he also puts up a shingle so he can have legit business to trick everybody into. He's like, it's like his um his everyday disguise. You know, it's his, it's his, it's his, Bruce it's Wayne. his car wash. It's his, it's his car wash. This is you know it's Clark Howard, car wash. whatever the oh. Superman's name is. Clark Howard is the uh, consumer advocate. So you're kind of right. Clark Peters, that's his name. I'm sorry, I always forget Superman's name. That's he's winning, by the way. If if you keep forgetting, it's Clark Crypt, but. Yeah, so he's a. I can't remember Superman's real name. Let me think about it. Give me a second. Clark Smallville. That's it. Nope, it's not it. Clark. And his dad is. His dad is. Bruce Wayne. Dad's a. Martha. Martha Reed. What? I I can almost see it. Kent. By the way. Martha Kent. I got it. Clark Kent. How did I forget it? Are you kidding? I think I thought this was a bit. It wasn't. I couldn't remember Clark Kent. Holy shit. I know I'm getting old, brother. I don't like hearing you talk about your memory loss. It makes me sad. Who played? Who played what? Who played a version of Superman? I mean, it would be Ben Affleck. That's right. He played he George also, Reeves, right? He did. In Adventureland or Tomorrowland or something land? Hollywoodland? Hollywoodland. And he, I never saw it. Did you? No, it looks dumb. And then uh, he obviously. Diane Lane? Does he put it inside Diane Lane in that? I didn't see it, Nick. That sounds right. Didn't she play Clark Kent's mommy? She did play his mom in the Snyder movies, yeah. I think Diane Lane took it, re- received George Reeves' heated load, and then became Superman's mod, his adopted mod. <laughs> what? So he, you're saying that she was in Hollywoodland. I'm guessing that she was the love inch. And you're, she was the love inch, you said? Uh, Hollywoodland, that's a movie that no one's thinking about today. <laughs> Ever directed by a 2006 Alexander Alan Col- Coulter is the director. Oh, he did this, a lot of Sopranos episodes. You got Diane Lane in there playing Tony oh Mannix. God. Wow, you, things full circle, man. Yeah, Bob Martha. Hoskins, Adrian Brody in there. I miss Bob Hoskins. He's great. Kathleen Robinson, Robin Tunney in this, Molly Parker in this, in the vicious circle. So tying it back to DC Comics, first of all, Superman's first appearance has an appearance in this. Oh, I know. 
action yeah. comics. And also one of Superman's adversaries is a framing device in this movie. Not really, but in a way. An alias or no? No, uh, the the villain of the DC villain Solomon Grundy. Oh yeah, of is course. a is a chant that our our leading man recites to get himself in and out of the spectrum issues. So yeah, he's a character with autism. I think the some of the people in the autism community weren't thrilled with his portrayal, but I think Gavin O'Connor. And Ben Affleck said they it's okay. They watched a YouTube video. That is not true, actually. There are five autism consultants in the credits for this movie, yeah. first of all. And secondly, as a father of a child with autism, I will say that there's no Does way to bother you. No, first of all, no, it certainly didn't bother me. It's a movie. If I'm going to get offended by a movie, I've got bigger problems. Mm-hmm. But no, but I think is it's we have just scratched the surface. I think of understanding a lot of this stuff, uh, and so I, I really feel like it's 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 just it's it's very much a case by case. And I think I think time will reveal that you know these are basically the next evolutionary step of us, not some sort of uh, a misaligned. Uh, group of people so anyway well they said they got he got one they got one thing 100 percent right that everybody um in that community <laughs> agreed with no no not that he puts the puzzle together upside down they said that's just he blows his fingers yes he does do that a lot in this wait you know, what was that word is, what was that word you just used blows his fingers no what was that word you used before that puzzle your favorite where word? did that word that's a weirdie so here's the thing about this movie is that the one thing that they do in this, I think, is they don't really focus on it too much, right? Like the betrayal here is that he's just kind of doesn't connect with people, obviously blows on his fingers a lot, but not too much and puts a puzzle upside down together, upside down. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, I don't know. It's pretty it's good. More, yeah. It's more concentrated on the, on the plot and on the action stuff and the kind of mystery this is a great marriage of character and actor, though, because the quirks of Christian Wolf and and the eccentricities of him gives Affleck some stuff to do. He doesn't; it doesn't feel like a Ben Affleck role pretty much ever. No, and I think what's interesting about this is I think you can tell he likes the role. I know that after the movie came out, he said it's one of his favorite uh, movies to make, or at least one of his favorite roles. Did but you, you hear can what tell his other ones were? No, what was he it? listed? He listed them. Uh, I, I don't remember his favorite roles of his. I'm yeah. not kidding. This Batman, sure, yeah, Goodwill Hunting, Chasing Amy. Did you say Chasing Amy? Wow. Well, I wonder if that's because it was really his like first. I imagine it was his first lead. I, I maybe so. Yeah, it's one of his most annoying characters. But I, that movie's has not aged well. It, it didn't. It's it's not a great movie, but it's got like I, I'd say the standout of that movie is Jason Lee. Yeah, and his character is annoying in that movie, but he's still tr- he's still like you could tell his, he's going to be a star. Like he. But his his character is annoying and very accurate, which is why it's annoying, because everybody knows a guy like that. Okay, let's take a quick sidestep. Best Affleck roles. Just a handful. I think Changing Lanes is up there for me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Like, I, like I, you know, I just like him. I, I thought he was a lot of fun in Shakespeare and Love. He was good in Argo. He's good in Argo, which he directed. I mean, Days of Confused, he was, that's before he, he was, was like, a, he was such a douche in that. He was great in it. Yeah. Like he's really, it was funny. It was funny. He's so hateable in that movie. It's weird because he has, usually somebody hones their craft in the dark. We got to watch Affleck hone his craft in front of us. I think that's part of it is he came out swinging almost right away, even though he'd done bit parts and stuff like, you know, yeah. school ties or whatever. But he, he basically grew up on, in front of the camera. So there's a lot of awkward moments that happen along the way. But I think there's no denying. Like, Gone Girl is a fucking great performance. Yeah, I mean, he's really good in that movie. And that's a great movie. I mean, I think you wanted to say it. I'll just say it. He was amazing in Runner Runner. Excuse me? The Town. I mean, the movie's like, he's great in The Town. I was kidding about Runner Runner. He he is in Jersey Girl. <laughs> Of course he was. Man, his some of his 
his bad stuff was with Kevin Smith. Some of Fears you like. A he lot. was he was very good in Some of Fears. That's a I love that movie. So he much. was he was not good in Bounce, which is not a movie. We did Reindeer Games. I, I kind of love Bounce in a way. He just gets blown off the screen by Gwyneth in that movie. It's not his fault. I just uh, felt so bad that is it Tony Goldwyn and Natasha Henstridge that get to die in what what movie in Bounce? Oh, maybe I I don't remember. I I saw it such a long time ago. What is it? Their spouses are having an affair and then they both die in a plane crash? I think, I don't remember that. I remember that. I thought they get bounced off the earth. I think Affleck's character has a sex sex encounter with Natasha Henstridge in that movie. A man switches plane tickets with another man who dies in that plane crash. I think that's Tony Goldwyn. The man falls in love with the deceased one's wife. So just to, just to put a, just to put another hurt on the dead person. I will be now marrying your wife. Do they fall in love forever? Is that do they end up together? Of course they do. But it, it's it, it it's it's rocky, man. It's a rocky. Yeah, it is. That's fucked up. Affleck beds Natasha Henstrich and Gwyneth Paltrow in one movie. I don't remember Vicky. Natasha Natasha Henstrich from that movie. Let me remember it for the both of us. Yep, it's a bad movie St- though. Stunning. And they call it bounce because Tony Goldwyn bounces off Earth into <laughs> heaven, right? No, it's because uh, they gave her pneumatic boobs in it. And then the climactic scene is a basketball match between them. Nick, they put he puts together they, they've a, they've a, this movie starts in the main character's childhood when he is getting assessed by an expert in kids with neuro, neurodivergent issues. Right? I guess that's what his is that what he the sounds this guy great. does. He's assessing and he's giving recommendations to the very worried parents. Um, One of them's worried. One of them can't can't be bothered. Which the mom did. sucks. The mom sucks. The mom in this scene is sympathetic. She later isn't. Um, She's not sympathetic. She wants him out. She wants. She doesn't want. She wants his problems gone immediately. Immediately. Oh, because I thought. Because I, I thought what was happening was she was willing to trust this doctor, and the dad doesn't want to do it. No, she wanted the doctor to take the kid away because she doesn't like having a oh. troublesome kid. She's a and he has also has a ass. brother who is just kind of. Uh, in the scene, you know, his brother is just kind of watching all this happen when his his brother's having a, a tough time, like calming down in this in this room. And he, like I said, he puts together an upside a puzzle upside down, um, which, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, that's two puzzles in every one. If you if you do it that way, you can put it together picture side first, mm-hmm. break it apart, and do it the other way. You know, do you remember do you remember who the puzzle was of? I don't. It's a zoom that I can't go for. Muhammad Ali. That's right. That was it right? I don't remember. Of course it is. I also remember uh, Clark's last name. I, I did get there, to be fair. What else is going on? So, yeah, the dad it doesn't want to leave his son. And it, it, I think it does set up a little bit of a... I think it, it tricks you a little bit. I think it's you're supposed to be a little bit more sympathetic to the mom. I think she wants to get her son help, and it looks like the dad... It's stubborn, and he's like, "I don't, I don't want to." You're no, absolutely Am not. Am I reading the it wrong? Yes, because the father says the best thing because the guy is basically telling him he's going to put him in an environment where all the normal stimulation in the real world isn't. And this, and the father is like, he needs that to be able to function in the real world. He's going to have to learn how to live in the real world. And the mother is just wants him out of her hair because he's a nuisance because he's making her life. But difficult. I think we find that out later that she does, that she wants I, that. I feel, I feel nope. at the beginning, it's kind of, they're having an argument. What's best for their child in a weird way. I th- yeah. But hers comes off as selfish. I mean, the dad later lets a grown man beat both his children within an inch of their life because he's trying to teach them how to, to live. In. It's, I mean, he's not a great dad necessarily. He's kind um, of a badass. I mean, he dies at a funeral. 
You know, I mean, it's I don't think <laughs> convenient. He's, he's a convenient. Uh, he doesn't want a lot of work. And uh, Dan Aykroyd's working that shift. It's perfect. May, the but dad may be the most ridiculous character in this movie. The dad is my favorite character because it is a. That's why this 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 movie feels like a comic book movie at times. Mm-hmm. And the dad is one of the reasons that it does. Yeah. It feels like the Let's next get that guy's scene, name. What's the guy's name? Do you remember the actor? It's it's he's a, he's got a very dumb name to be honest. A very boring name. I'll be zooming in on that stupid. Yeah, ass it, name. you're right. His name is stupid dumbly. You're so right. I think it's like dog floor. <laughs> just, just dog floor, huh? It's like the Prince route. <laughs> dog floor. That's one word, right? I'm a huge fan of that name. I like it too. He's got, it's like Robert Trike or something like that. Robert Tribesman. No, it's um, Gary Gasfart. It's insane. <laughs> what a weird name. It's a very Galifianakis joke. Robert C. Trevelyan. Trevelyan. It says uh, the C stands for dog floor. <laughs> Yeah, that, but I, I think he is a badass because the next, like, there's a scene shortly thereafter where the mother is leaving the family because she can't handle having an autistic boy. It's true. And yeah, the, she turns and out the to father, be a piece of shit for yeah, sure. And the father has to hold him while he says Solomon Grundy things. And then the other little brother is flipping the mom off out the window, which is Which so is great. great. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to just double down and say dad's badass. And mm. he, yes, he has a very binary way of dealing with his son's predicament. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the results speak for themselves. You see him kill an entire house full of people later in this movie. He's the best. So they cut to modern day Ben Affleck. He is behind a desk helping out these poor, I guess not poor, but these struggling farmers with their books. And they they come to him for help. They heard that he's good at his job. You know, although he's, he's kind of stilted in conversation with them, he is trying to get them. It's adorable. To, to follow his advice and to kind of tweak a couple things. Yeah. It's, it's a nice thing and they love it and they offer, they say, Hey, if you ever want to come, you know, we have a, you know, very big property and you can come fish. What does he say? I like to shoot. Cause I don't fish. I shoot. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well you can come shoot on, on our farm, but just don't bring the craziest gun we've ever seen when you do it <laughs> for target practice. And then, and then don't come back and then kill an entire room of people while we watch the blood. <laughs> The thing is, so we, I love this. Okay. I, like I said, I rewatched this today for the mm-hmm. second time in, in less than a week. This movie enjoys so much getting into its own shit, like getting into the rituals of its shit. For example, Mr. Ben Affleck's character, how he creates an environment for him to function is he has to follow routines, right? And I mm-hmm. can say that, that I get that. He goes into his room at night, the, he has the alarm, you know, he has the music, he has the lights flashing, he has a piece of wood. That he rubs over his shins. Yep. And he makes the most James Gandolfini face I've ever seen while he's doing it. And you, you have to say the music he plays is is blaringly loud. It's it's like ear ear shattering type music. Right. That, but that calms him down. And he has to do this like Nick Nick said every night. And takes some meds, I think, as well as part of it. Zoloft. Yeah, there's a little, yeah. little cameo from Zoloft in this. But he he does do that kneading thing that people usually do to bread to his shins. Which was one of the hardest things to watch in this movie to me. Because anybody who anybody who's received shin damage knows that it's the most gross feeling. And I love it too because, you know, obviously the reason they show that is so that they can show how his life gets disrupted later on and none of that stuff works and all of his routine is done. But they do the same thing where he buy like when he so he does forensic accounting and and mm-hmm. he and the plot is propelled forward when he is forced to go to this robotics company and try to figure out where this missing money is and he the film loves to show him going through his marker his, mm-hmm. his, his, his dry, dry erase mark, yeah. the way that he uses them, the way that he disposes of them. Mm-hmm. 
it loves to go into these little vignettes and it does it throughout the movie and it works like a charm. So yeah, that's, that's also an interesting listeners. I'm I'm sorry that listeners need to, because some of you guys are going to watch this movie because of this episode. Look at his face when he's in his room with the wood and tell me there is not a moment where he is James Gandolfini facing the shit out of himself. I mean, I think they can thank us now. We're going to see an uptick. They're going to see an uptick in downloads and watches, you know, rentals for the account well, because the movie microscope decided to bless it. Well, you know, an episode, you know, it's not a coincidence that I Frankenstein was on the max charts for over a week. We got it trending, man. Did you see it? I, I would like to think we do have our fingers on the pulse of the zeitgeist, or at least our fingers like on the uh, on the knee of a poltergeist. I don't know if we have our fingers on the pulse, but we're certainly blowing on our fingers in celebration <laughs> of this film. Of this so let's, film. let's talk about that, because that's like one of the big things that kind of hooked you early on in this, is that he blows on his fingers. So the, in the trailer, they show it too. Like it's kind of, uh, it's almost like he's getting ready to conduct you know, something and he has to do like, you know, before he starts waving the batons and in the air, whatever the baton, he, that's not what it's called. What is it called? Like the, the thing when you, when you're, there was an episode of billions where they went into forensic detail about that, but I don't know. Oh, the stick. (laughs) I think it's called Mike, the conductor's arm. Oh, you know what it's called? What? A Sirocco. Is it really? So this is, so before he gets into kind of a, I don't know, it's not like a fugue state, but it's like he's really piecing things together or he's really, he's getting to do something that he needs to concentrate on, right? He'll blow on his fingers. And I think that's, they say it stimulates his brain a little bit when he does that. And he, he, he doesn't do that a lot in this movie, but I feel like in the trailer that was like the ending scene shot of the trailer is he's blowing on his fingertips. That's what Mark Wahlberg did right before he got in the roller coaster in fear. Always, always, always. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I mean, like we get raptured into heaven, and then I, you, you're, you're there first, like talking to God, and I, I get closer to you, and you're like talking about the roller coaster scene in fear. And then God says, "You didn't use the Hallow app," and kicks us both out. This place sucks. <laughs> you know, what movie, you know what? I bet you can figure out the the exact moment this movie won me over. It's when they show the lightsaber in his secret hideout. <laughs> I love when they, because he has a, he, he has, he's, he's like, a, you know, he has a secret hideout, like this, this Airstream that's parked in a storage unit full of all the money and like stuff he's collected as payment. Like this is where he lives in like a very nondescript house. It's John Wick's floor safe in a, in a, on wheels basically. And it's empty, but then he's got this Airstream that has all his possessions in it. And it's cool. Like I, that's what, you know, the movie's having a little bit of fun because it shows that he has like a, you know, one of the, Props from Star Wars, like a genuine prop from Star Wars. The Lucy. He also Lucy. has the Honus Wagner baseball card, yes. a Jackson Pollock painting, a Renoir. Yeah, and he's got a bunch Kr- of comics. Kr- Krugerrands comics. Yeah. I thought it was very astute. Did you notice what else he had? What? No. He had the Wii control that you used when you created KV. <laughs> <laughs> my my Wii bowling character, KV. Has he been? <laughs> Has he been brought up on the show before? No. <laughs> yes, that's one of my. And he remember remember what he looked like? Of course I do. It's incredible. cute. So short, huge mustache. Uh, he was an incredible bowler. Look, Nick, I love that part of this movie because it you could tell that it's this movie's having fun. Like it's kind of a f- the people that made it thought this was a fun movie. 
and it is. What's the what's what happened? So Affleck has a person that he talks to, uh, much like Kyle MacLachlan in Twin Peaks, or I, I, every other movie where there's a handler. I'm zooming it in. In uh, The Killer, he had one, right? Fastbender had one. And then Rachel Weiss was one in a movie, I don't remember. Anyway. All right, you're right. Okay. And she's kind of giving him advice, talking about new jobs. He wants a legit job. He wants a straight job. He wants to go straight for a minute. He doesn't, sadly, or he gets involved in some mayhem. But it's this robotics, robotics company that one of the junior accountants there, played by Anna Kendrick, has discovered a problem with the books. Some missing money, maybe. He gets hired to kind of figure it out. To work with her, really. And they get to Anna Kendrick to double down on her kind of nerdy goofiness, which helps balance Affleck's character out a good bit, I think. Yeah, she's a charm machine. Like, she's just a very likable character immediately. And she's trying to connect with him, and he doesn't want to work with anybody, obviously. He's a... He likes to fly solo, but he comes to this robotics place. She has got all the, you know, he, he had asked for all the files to be organized that he needs to look at. She's done. She does that all for him, but then dismisses it. Like she, he dismisses her. He's like, I don't really need a partner because I'm, I'm an accountant. Because I'm a beautiful mind. And she's kind of like, all right, well, that sucks, but okay. Because I was supposed to work with you. And he's like, I don't need it. Too good. But then there's a cute lunch sequence where they kind of awkwardly bond. He keeps trying to throw, I mean, he's just his nature, but he's also, I think on top of that, just doesn't want to talk to people. Although he says later he does. He, um, and, he, and he does, you can see him trying at towards, as the conversation goes, like the whole I pocket think, protector thing, which is cute. But then when he says, have a nice day, he's trying yeah. to, to be a human. Well, I think he decides during that conversation that he likes her. She keeps trying to connect with him and, and doesn't really care that he's like throwing these signals. You know, like I said, maybe not signals, but he's certainly not talking to her and she doesn't really care. I think it ends up winning him over, right? Well, she says, other than 69, what's your favorite numbers? Yeah, and so it's like a little bit of a cute scene, and then he, then later they try to murder her, and he has to save the day. But that's getting too far ahead of ourselves. We can go ahead and move it forward. John Bernthal is introduced shortly thereafter, and uh, he's overseas, and there's a guy he threatens in a car. You find out that basically John Bernthal is sort of like Chris Evans in, in the, the Gray Man. He's this guy that kind of solves some shit, kind of a hard-ass, kind of the counterpoint to Ben Affleck's accountant. And so we see everyone that- knows the gray man it's a good movie my dad recently watched it and liked it you see part of the cult of millions of people that have watched that movie the people are cooking the books at this robotics company mm-hmm. gene smart and the uh, and the this is it's bald it's sort of the culprit are uh are there and affleck does see through it quickly he figures it out real quick and that's why bernthal's character is kind of summoned to deal with it because he has to quiet it up you know, uh, Gene Smart needs to be silenced. This bald needs to be silenced. Ultimately, John Lithgow needs to be silenced, we find out. It's interesting you say the bald guy is responsible. Is he responsible or is he – because he, he's not the guy that ends up being the main bad guy. You know, he, I think he's the patsy in this. Okay. Is that correct or is he just – yeah. I think they're all pieces of shit. They, 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 they insulin him to death, right? They do. But anyway, Bernthal is introduced, like Nick said. Bernthal, not your favorite actor, but he's – Really fun in this movie. I He's think. fun in this, but the first scene he does his lack of eye contact thing that I always ding him for. But he's fun in that scene. Like he's like he really fun in that threatening scene. and kind of funny. He's he's got the guy trapped in his car, and you think he's got a gun on him, so you think he's gonna kill this guy, but he doesn't. He punches the guy in the gut, and he punches him the same place later. He goes, "Why would you let me hit you in the same place?" Yeah, twice? and like, actually, no. This is the perfect kind of role for Burnt though, because he's not forced to carry the movie. He gets to add color. That's what he actually gives a really good performance in this. It's not just like fun and charming. Like he, he has some like, 
emotional stuff he does in this movie that's really well done, I think. No, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, um, if you think about it, Gavin O'Connor, Warrior is an example of a very, he's taking, when he took Tom Hardy and, and Joel Edgerton and did that with them, it's sort of a flip side of what he does here. Like he takes these very different acting personalities and makes it work like a charm. I love that movie so much because it's, it's so good. It's first of all, it's a good movie, but second, you have I just feel for Joel Edgerton so much because he got in shape and he was like, you know, and, I'm going to kick ass in this movie. I'm really going to work out, and then Hardy showed up and looked insane. And then they're like, by the way, you beat Tom Hardy at the end of this movie, and it's science fiction. There's no way. I mean, Edgerton should have got knocked out in one punch in that movie. I think there are plenty of examples right now of of uh, actually there's a very there's a theme right now going on, on on the internet where you have all these jacked guys getting their um getting out performed by much less attractive bodies because most of it's cosmetic with all that definition. Do you think it's a little like, David David and Goliath situation? That's no, it's the like no, sort of like a Thulis and and Kilmer. I'm just saying that. You know he had performance anxiety, old Joel Edgerton, whenever Hardy showed up and looked so insane. Like, he looks like he got too jacked. Like, I bet the director was mad. I bet O'Connor was like, seriously, dude? Really? I like how that's the science fiction you're focusing on and not the fact that they both came out of Nick Nolte's dick. That has one of the best Nick Nolte performances because you cannot understand a word. So you used to impersonate it, right? Oh, my God. was that from? I want to, when you, if, if Tom Hardy was playing Bane, you would have believed he was the son of Nick Nolte. He's know? less jacked as Bane than he is in Warrior. That's, that's crazy to me. Anyway, Tom Hardy, pretty good. Pretty good actor. I'm just going to go out on the limb. Like him. I wish he, I wish he worked more, to be honest. He's, he's wrapped up in the only thing that, like, the, more like Tom Hardly. He works, in, he does Venom movies and they're successful. I love it so much. And, you know, they can't, they're having trouble making these spin off Spider Man movies work, but Venom works. Everybody banned on Madam Web so much. It makes me kind of want to see it. But I, I wish, I just wish like people were bagging on it so much before it came out. And now it came out, they hate it. It's just like, all right. I just don't want it to interfere with Craven. I want Craven to come out undisturbed. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be perfect. I don't want anybody to mess with my Craven. No way it could be bad. So Affleck starts to have, you know, you mentioned Anna Kendrick's character becomes a target because they need to clean up the mess. So well, just to catch up the plot is that Ben Affleck over one night pieces together what's happening. And then tells Lithgow, who is the owner of this company, like what's going on. Tells Anna Kendrick. He actually doesn't tell Lithgow. He tells Gene Smart. Tells Gene Smart. And then she goes and tattletales. Yes, right. And so then they dismiss him. They said, thank you for your work. And he's like upset because he needs to finish. Like he's not really done. He's not, he doesn't, he hasn't connected all the dots. He just knows there's this huge problem, this theft that occurred. And they're like, and and one of the things in his, 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 um, with the autism is he, he he can't not finish things. Yeah. And it's really kind of interesting because you see them, like you said, they have these little, these things that he does all the time. He kind of drives too fast. He parks really quickly and precisely in his garage, but after he can't finish, it throws this whole thing off. He can't kind of find comfort in his normal routines, but yeah, they fire, they don't fire him. They just kind of dismiss him early and say, well, we no longer need you, but we'll pay you the full amount. Also, we're going to plan to pay you with bullets in the face later. (laughs) Because we are, uh, we're going to clean house, like you said. We hate you. He goes to, he goes back to his shooting farm because that's how he deals with some stress. And while he's there, unfortunately, somebody has gotten to the shooting farm first and has that poor couple at gunpoint. What happens to that group of people? Yeah, they they make the woman go outside. the The wife of the of the you know, the farmer. I guess maybe she could be the farmer too. Don't mean to be sexist here. 
Farmers only. That's how they met. She's supposed to go outside and shout at Ben Affleck to come in for like a lemonade or something. And she's, you know, obviously teary. She goes out. She I don't see him. She's like shouting for him. I don't see him. But you know who does get to see <laughs> heaven real quickly after that is the <laughs> is the is the gunman that has her at gunpoint. He gets shot through the face. He get he gets knocked off the earth and then the other guy tries to make a clean getaway with the couple in his in his truck. And that's fine. He, it goes well for him, I think. <laughs> it works, right? Affleck destroys this group of people. And I love the fact he jumps onto their moving truck and kills it live. I love this, though, because there's this there's a stunt actor who you see in a bunch. I think he's in both of uh, Chris Hemsworth's extraction movies. Because the, the stunt coordinator for this movie directed the extraction movies. And mm-hmm. he's great. Sam Hargrave. This, this stunt actor, this big guy that you'll recognize, squares off with Affleck. And Affleck takes his belt off and starts whipping his ass. And there's the guy goes, what the fuck? I know, it's great. He doesn't <laughs> even so- get a... He can't believe it because he like they told him like this guy was like a, a meek accountant. It's gonna be easy. He cannot believe he's about to die, and then he gives up everything. And he said, "Like I don't know much. They just told me to take out you and then the the girl that you were from." With. He says, "And this girl from up in the air. I need just you two guys need to go." And how does he kill that, this guy? I don't remember. He chokes right? him out. Chokes him to he death. Chokes him out. So he calls his his uh, special voice person and needs to close up shop on Christian Wolf and move to the next location. Uproot. Alias, yeah. But just like in Heat, when De Niro chooses to stick in Amy Brenneman into the mix, Kristen Wolf decides to save the girl and go against his moral code. But in this case, unlike in Heat, it works out because he makes a friend. But there's a great sequence where Anna Kendrick is going home and people try their damnedest to kill her and fail miserably. And she manhandles the dude in the process. Yeah, talk about it. What does she do? She goes into her part. There's this really cool scene. This is where this is where the filmmaking really excited me because the way that they frame this sequence is so good. Now, this was one of those big blacklist scripts, mm-hmm. but those don't, aren't always great. But what they did here, there's this scene where this guy kind of follows her in the elevator and then follows her out, but it's done in a really kind of sub, you know sneaky way. And then the hallway leading to her apartment, there's people on point and there's a delivery crew. So there's this whole thing that's in place that Affleck isn't part of. And these guys, at the last second, she closes the door, the guy puts his hand there, and they burst into the room. And they're talking about how she's smaller than they thought, and they didn't need as big of a box as they got to put her in. And so there's this whole story that's happening outside the story, which is amazing. Right. But Kendrick, he's got her up against the kitchen uh, island, and she grabs the grill and smashes the guy in the face with it right. off of the kitchen. And then she races into the bathroom. While the other guy is getting the, the box ready, the, the dude that got smacked in the face goes to the bathroom to get her. She's locked the door, put, like either kicks her punches a hole in the door and is reaching for the handle and she smashes his hand with the toilet lid this guy gets his ass kicked and then meanwhile affleck is is creeping on up he starts taking people out doing whatever the mesopotamian two-step whatever that thing's called what's it called it's not called that there's a name for the move that he does like the gun where you hit two in the chest and one in the head i don't think it's a mesopotamian two-step i think i might be making this he's not he's not but he should no he no he does two body shots and then a face shot yeah he's not looking for them to come back he's not let me see hold on i gotta see what the name of it is it's not the Mesopotamian too. Oh, come on. You The Mozambique drill, it's called. I was close. <laughs> two in the chest, one in the head. He's taking these dudes out. And, and uh, you know, it's funny because they, they have fun. Anna Kendrick's character should not still be alive. Like, they should have. These are professional. They should have taken her away. It's so great because the guy finally realizes. She, he breaks into the room and he realizes she's in the bathtub hiding. He sees in the mirror Affleck encro- encroaching and Affleck fires and he, got, he dodges it, breaks the mirror, and then the two 
fight and 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 you get to watch Anna Kendrick's character watch this nerd show his true colors and he destroys this guy shoots him in the face on screen at point blank rage and then proceeds to just be the best it's so great it's such they a do, great the, the bad guys before they die do say you, you talk about the, they said we should have brought a bigger box or a smaller box we could have brought a smaller box which is ominous but they said she looked bigger in the photo right and i was like how Aunt Kendrick, there's no way she looks bigger than the photo. Maybe she lost some weight. Maybe that's her best. No, no, they were, they were on her Facebook. There's a photo of her holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. They thought she was a, a hill giant. There's a thing I do hate. There's something yes. I really don't like. Okay. When, when John Bernthal is about to kill the bald or have the bald kill himself. And the bald is the, fi- the finance guy of this company. At yeah. the company who theoretically has been embezzling for 15 years or whatever. He talks about what he's going to do to his wife, you know, to kind of get him to to make a decision quickly. So his wife's sleeping upstairs. He hears, he goes down, this guy goes down for a snack and then Bernthal's there. Was sitting with he talks gun. about violating his wife and all this awful stuff. But then he mm-hmm. says, I'm not going to violate your wife. He says, I'm going to put a bullet in her brain pan. You know, like brain and pan. And when somebody says brain pan, that is a, that is somebody who's writing a screenplay, trying to sound tough. That's a guy at a Starbucks writing a screenplay saying, right. I need to get hard here. I'm going to call it a brain pan. What is, and what is, who is the writer of this movie? Do you remember? Brain pan. His name is Bill Dubuque. That's right. He's a kind of memorable, memorable name. Is he right? Does he write anything else? He wrote Ozark. He was a writer on Ozark. He wrote your favorite movie, The Judge with uh, Downey. <laughs> he did Gerard Butler's Family Man. You know, all the best. Yeah, he's got limited credits. Um, his um, production By the company, way, Brain Pan Inc. How do we forget Ridley Scott and Scott Eastwood? Uh, didn't you see the chat I sent you? You didn't, you didn't look at the chat. There's, no, I didn't text you. It's a, there's a chat feature in our uh, in our thing and in, in the Squadcast. Oh, yeah, I, I see this. Uh, and I said, no, you're talking about Scott Grimes. I sent you a little sweet, a little sweet secret chat about Scott Eastwood. The best, Scott. Let's be honest. The Nepo baby himself, Scott Eastwood. There actually is a chat feature. There is? Oh, you really did do it. I thought you were I thought it was a bit. It wasn't a bit. I don't do bits, man. I say the truth. And let me just <laughs> tell you this. I ship these two. This is the truth. I ship I want I want Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick's character to hook up. I want them to be making out. I want them to be kissy. He wanted him to tell her how many sperm just came out. I want to see some make out sesh. Instead well, he just a- watches her sleep on the couch. The movie does a great thing, and it doesn't have a romance. I know. It sort of does. I mean, they do kind of like each other. By the way, the name of the martial art is Pencock Salat, which is almost Pancake Slot, which I think is pretty badass. In the background of all this stuff, there is a government agency in pursuit of this mysterious character, and that's where J.K. Simmons... They're not, though. What do you mean? They're not in pursuit of him at all. We find out at the end that they're totally not in pursuit of him. Well, the one woman is benefiting. They're benefiting from him. They they pretend that they're pursuing him, but the reality of it is, is he has made J.K. Simmons's career. Yes, but Cynthia Ade Robinson or whatever her name, the actress, thinks rolls off the tongue. She's just she is trying to find out who this mysterious character is. Like they have pictures of him, and he's obscured in every picture. That's no, she's not. No, she's not. What do you mean? J.K. Simmons is prepping her for his job. So he is basically getting her acclimated to the accountant so that she can replace oh, him. Oh, no, I know all that. I'm saying, but she thinks that she is pursuing, she thinks she's trying to find out who he is. Yeah, um, sucks. And, and bring him in. And then at the 
end of the movie, she has to make a choice. Do I keep working with this guy who's sometimes shady or, you know, helping this guy or benefiting from it or not? Yeah, but she is definitely in pursuit of him and for trying to figure out who he well, is. Well, she's trying to protect her job because J.K. Simmons threatens her livelihood at the beginning of the I movie. because she has a gun tattoo and she used to be a drug addict or she... Oh, she... Uh, she, li- she's she lied on her... Yeah. yeah, she lied on her federal application, which is... Yeah, yeah. I sound dumb, but I, I know what's going on here. I Look... Did, but J.K. Simmons doesn't know who – he didn't know who Ben Affleck – well, he does want to know who he is. He does know who he is. I thought he didn't. He knows everything. Are you sure? He knows it all. Because remember, he's, he's talking about his uh, – he, he usual suspects this shit later on in the movie damn, to that did, girl. Did he know it the whole time? Yeah, because remember, he's talking about the, the funeral home and, the, so and the military. No, no, you're not dumb. It's, just, it's not important to the movie. But it kind of – the movie does a little sleight of hand at the end where, where J.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon. And he's just handing over the torch to the new Commissioner Gordon. By I'm the way, he played Commissioner Gordon. I think that he also doesn't know who Affleck is. He never saw his face. I think that's part of the mystery he wants to know. I think that's true. Do you remember the part where he knows that his character was in prison, in a military prison with Jeffrey Tambor, and that, anyway, it's not important. I think he's distracting her. Let's with talk a little bit the- about this prison stuff with Jeffrey Tambor. This is kind of what fuels all, like, a that's kind of the engine of this movie in a weird way, is that he bonds, they're both in prison. He, uh, Affleck bonds with uh, the elder Tambor and, you know, Tambor really is like helping him understand people's kind of giving him stuff. He gives him his, you know, PA, his PhD in book cooking and stuff. Oh yeah. He teaches him accounting, but he also is teaching him kind of the ways of the world that maybe, you know, it kind of continue the lessons that his dad was teaching him as they grew up, like a, le- a little bit less harsh and more kind of loving tutelage. He becomes a kind of a mentor figure to Ben Affleck. And then this guy gets super murdered. <laughs> he gets released from prison by he like turned, little like by little Leroy or little Jackie or little whatever his name is. He yeah, Tommy. He had like turned he was a mob accountant, but he turned evidence on him because um what what it was there was some kind of betrayal that happened, so he turned well, into a the, witness. The the father decided that even though he had stayed quiet, he didn't want to loose end. So he tells his son to kill him. Oh, and then the, the guy messed it up. The son messed it up. Well, they messed it up the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, then they yeah, did not Tambor's, mess it up the second time. I don't no. know if you noticed. Tambor then revealed all, and then they release him from prison. They didn't protect the poor guy. He gets tortured to death. And then Affleck goes on this rampage and kills all the, the dudes in that family. The Gambino crime family, is that what their name is? Yeah, that's talking about little Tony Bizzano. And then that's J.K. Simmons, who had been, you find out he'd been observing this crime family. Just see someone walk in and start shooting everybody. So he goes he goes in to kind of figure out what's going on, and he almost dies as well. It's a great scene where they have a little conversation about if he's a good cop, if he's a good father. It's, it's a good scene. Yeah, and of course, J.K. Simmons is thinking he's going to die. It's incredible acting by him, but he never misses. Like, he's such a good actor. J.K. Simmons, like he is a legend and a half. He he really is such a good actor. Um, I just I you know another guy you wish worked more. I mean, he works a lot, but they, they brought him back for Spidey, which which is great. He's so good in that role, and and, and obviously Whiplash is uh, all so amazing. Whiplash. Did he get Did he get an Oscar for that? No. This movie's got a lot of little mysteries they try to throw at you. You know, this Bernthal character defeat when they don't kill the accountant, and the accountant decides to take the fight to them. There's a siege scene where he where he besieges John Lithgow's house because he hasn't left, and every attempt to kill the accountant has been in vain. And Bernthal's got all of his dudes there, and they're ready to kill it. Lithgow makes a comment that kind of peaks. Bernthal's interest. By the way, his name is Brax. What a great name. His name is Brax. 
I don't want, I don't want to think about Braxton. I want to just think about Brax because Braxton just sounds like that kid at the uh, playing you know rugby at the local middle it's like school. Like a Mortal Kombat character or something. Or actually, it's a character from Space Ghost, right? Yeah, yeah, it is the best yep. character from Space. Great Ghost. show too, Brack. Brack. Brack is better. Uh, I can place it. Brack. Moltar was good too. Anyway, so there's this badass action sequence where, where Affleck's character is kicking everybody's ass and we discover the big secret. What is it, Just? Bernthal's his bro. I texted you when I was watching this and I figured it out early a little bit. How early? How early? Way before the scene. The only reason I figured it out, here's why I figured it out, is because they keep showing, they make it a point in the flashbacks and there are many when they're, they're children and the dads kind of teach them how to fight, how to survive. Both of the brothers. They always show the other brother, and he's an instrumental part of these flashbacks. But you never, you never see him, or you think you don't. He, he's not part of Ben Affleck's life anymore. I was like, it just occurred to me that the reason they showed him so much is that he's going to show up in the movie. And I was like, well, then it's, it has to be Bernthal if he's going to show up in the movie. And it, and so I was right. But it's handled cool because Bernthal instantly goes against his job and his programming. He wants to protect yeah. his brother. Of course. And he ends and they, up killing and, one of his own guys. It's amazing. Yeah, he tells the guy to stand down. The guy doesn't, so he just shoots him. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny because Lithgow, they're watching, first of all, they're watching all this mayhem unfold, Bernthal and Lithgow. Ben Affleck is just making mincemeat out of these dudes. Like, it, the, the house full of these, of these killers, and he's killing all of them. And so then Bernthal finally goes out and just basically shoots one of his own dudes and just starts talking to uh, Ben Affleck's character. And and Lithgow is just on the computer going, what the? He can't believe. He doesn't understand what's happening. Well, earlier, in, before uh, Affleck attacks the house, Lithgow makes a comment about his mannerisms. And Berthel gets curious. Yeah, you, yeah, they cut away. So the scenes are starting to get planted. I love he calls it. Him a, I think love, he calls him a freak. Yeah, he, he, yeah. And I think that Bernthal, yeah, he bristles at it a little bit. But what's it, what's cool about this scene is the conversation that they have. And Bernthal, he doesn't know, like, he's so surprised that his brother's here. That's him doing this work. And then they, they haven't talked for 10 years. They haven't talked for a long time. And it's because there's this crazy flashback sequence. The mother dies. The mother that mm -hmm. abandoned them dies. Ben Affleck and the dad go to the funeral. Right. And a fight breaks out because... They're not wanted there. The dad gets shot. Bernthal's upset and they have a fight because he's like, you, why did you take him? Why'd you take that? You need to take me to the funeral. If you needed to go, you take me because I'm the one right. that actually always had your back, not dad. And that's what they fight about. And it's ridiculous, Nick, but it is so well acted. It's not ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's also amazing that because it's so, it defies what we're used to. Usually one of them gets killed or they, you know, it's, it, they, I think they did a nice job of. No, they stopped the movie for them to have this, to resolve this family, cri like thing that happened. And it's, like I said, Bernthal's very good in the scene. And like the idea that it's his brother in the first place is so in incredibly like insane, but it works for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends with a little treat about Anna Kendrick gets a little gift from Mr. Christian Wolf. And then the thing that he says, acquaintance is, is that the girl at the beginning of the movie who finds the puzzle piece that he's freaking out over, mm -hmm. who has lived at the uh, facility her entire life, whose father she's non is She's nonverbal. I don't think she can yeah. communicate. Yeah. She can yeah, communicate, she's, but she's nonverbal, yeah. Yeah, and she's crazy, crazy mannerisms and stuff. Yeah, she turns out she's his handler, which and, and doesn't yeah, bother she, me at all. She's computer voice to talk to him, much like you do at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's great. It's it, and it's just a it's just a fun it's just a fun unique action film that has elements of John Wick and you mentioned Taken and there's little usual suspects in there. There's just a nice marriage of stuff, and it's, I think it's a great piece for Affleck. It's a better movie than Taken, obviously, but 
I think it's they're trying to they were trying to set up Ben Affleck with an action franchise a little bit, you know, might much like maybe like a Taken, but this is just a better, more interesting movie, I think, than Taken. How is it compared to the Liam Neeson movie we just did? Is it almost <laughs> as good? <laughs> Honest Thief. <laughs> just to back it up, he does take Anna Kendrick to a very fancy hotel that she was worried about that she can't afford and then he he reveals to her that he took her there because he wanted her to like feel special wanted her to like it because she had a story that she says in this movie where she never felt rich like she always wanted wanted to kind of fit in with the and have a night you know she but there's a whole story about a dress that she bought does this nice thing for also maybe trying to you know nope i don't think so just get a little smoochy she when she comes in she comes in for a kiss and he changes the subject he's a little nervous but she um Ordered two, they ordered two milkshakes. They're having milkshakes. Did you notice that? I didn't. They have a milkshake from the room service. Not a bad order. Like they have a lot more other, other food too, but top it off with a milkshake. If you're going to be yeah. fancy. Milkshakes or something else. And maybe kind of a forgotten ho- hotel treat. Speaking of a treat in this movie, J.K. Simmons's hat. He is wearing a sex hat at one point in this movie with a little feather on the side. Oh, yeah. You got to. It, yeah. It's so good. He leaves a note for Anna Kendrick when he leaves her. Do you remember what he says? My dick's in the fridge. I don't know. I don't. Her name's Dana. She said, Dana, you deserve wow. Because it kind of harkens back to her story. And then in parentheses, he put World World of Warcraft. And then then Henry Cavill says, you mean Warhammer, and has a huge dick burst. She sleeps on the uh, sofa, barefooted, by the way, your fave. You know, with the pillows on her and stuff like, because she falls asleep on the sofa. Uh, he watches her. She's the worst fake sleeping, and it's such. She's not asleep. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not. She did not act it well. You pulled back the veneer and zoomed the fuck I in. I like. Tell it. you the truth, Anna Kendrick, you're a great actress, and I love you in a lot of things. You do not look asleep in that scene. You failed this movie. They should have CGI'd her having a sleepier face. You know, she has a weird face. She Maybe that's study sleeping. You know, no. No, she doesn't have a weird face. Get out of here. She, she always bothered me. She's like, she's got this manic and everything. Anyway, Love she's her. great. Very talented. F- filmed in Atlanta, this movie. But And, and guess who did the some of the makeup effects? Bill. Uh, yep. Bill Splat Johnson. Still in there, huh? Still killing it. Yeah. The guy that uh, did, I did, I worked on his short film uh, 20 years ago. He's still working? Yeah. What's he up to I these days? His, we, did the, we did the soundtrack to his, his film. We were in that? the movie. Yeah, hey, you, were, you and Steve, right? And Micah, yeah. Don't worry, it's only your imagination, which we recently remastered and released again. That soundtrack, you're welcome. Let's see what he did. Let's see what he's working he did, on. I remember he did the Patriot because I, I went on the set of that one when he was doing that and got I took Mel Gibson's hand home with me. Blue Beetle did Doom Patrol. Uh, the Outsider. He worked on The Outsider. Oh, he's entrenched in the Atlanta scene. Worked on Game Night. I love that movie. Did did a lot of Walking Dead. Yeah, he's great, talented dude. Do you ever talk to him anymore? No, no, but we got we got along famously. He was a good dude, and he's not one. Of, he's not one of those people that once I stopped being in the industry, treated me like a piece of shit. He, so. he just stopped talking before that. By the way, he worked in your favorite movie, the movie you, you you keep begging me to do on this show is the Jacob Slatter remake. <laughs> that was a huge hit. I remember that hit like a lightning bolt at the box office. Remember? I remember when I saw that original in the theater. I was like, it's good, good, <laughs> but it's lacking Ely. Another Macaulay Culkin dead movie. <laughs> Isn't he dead? No. It, yeah, but remember, his he, he died in Vietnam. It's he did. He's also dead, but isn't Macaulay dead as well? Well, Macaulay didn't really exist because he died in Vietnam. It's all a ruse. The Macaulay oh, thought- death is all is, is a figment of his dead Vietnam imagination. Oh, he had a he had a he he was pretend he was thinking he had a son and he didn't yeah he's thinking macaulay culkin was his dead son but instead he was dead himself in vietnam and then his face shook 
A lot of shaky what? faces. I remember that movie was, I really liked it. And then I also didn't really understand why it was the way it was. You know who directed that movie? I love you, Rocky. Who? That's an Adrian line I just did. Adrian Lynn? Lynn? I think it's line. Is it line? Yeah. He also directed like what? Single White Female or something? What else Fatal Attraction. Barbie Schrader directed Single White Female. Okay. I'll have you know. I can't remember what else did he direct then? Adrian Lynn. Adrian Lyne did Fatal Ass Trash. I love you, Rocky. It's one of Adrian's lines. He just directed that Ben Affleck movie, Deep Water. That's the last thing he directed. Remember that? Yeah, with, with his DeMarmus. ex-girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. I can't get enough of that movie. He directed Lolita, your all-time favorite actress, Nick. Davidovich. Dominique Swain. He go on and, and Frank, on about her. Frank Langell. Frank Langell in this. Playing Claire Quilty. There's some credits in this movie. Not the best credits, I'll be honest. You must have not looked hard enough. Well, give me an initial. I'll see if we agree. RS in this, Nick. I don't have it. Get Roman. Your, your favorite company just came up with a new a new product. A little RS. Okay. Roman Spink, Nick. <laughs> okay. You're right. These are good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember in The Sopranos, Bobby Bacala and Tony Soprano went at it, and they right. called that behind the scenes. They called it the uh, the AS, the Ada Scuffle. Yeah, she was at the root of it. You know, you know how I was telling you about that uh, video game that I was playing recently, and then you're like, "Well, how do you?" You were like, "How do you move around in that game? Like, if it's such a great game, Justin, how do you move around in the game?" And I was like, CH, of course. Oh, you use crystal hooks? Yeah. Don't ask me what game it was, though. <laughs> you can't ask me what game it was. What game was it? Crystal Hooks. Oh, okay. Did you hear that? By the way, did you hear Billy Crystal speaking of? What about him? No longer acting. He doesn't. That's not his profession anymore. Oh, uh, the crystal went dark? Crystal Hooks. <laughs> you can clap that one out. You, 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 met, know about you the, met Billy Crystal, right? You know you about the story, you know about the story. You right? saw him at like an agency, right? We were pitching 11 kernels to New Line. You texted me when you saw him. You don't remember. Right. I, I fucked up because there was like four or five of us that went to LA for these meetings and we're pitching New Line. By the way, it did not get made. Zoom in. But Billy Crystal was in the office before. He was the pitch before us, which is mm -hmm. always a good sign for you. And I sent a text to the group and I said, Sir William of the Shards is here. I couldn't, I did not know what you were talking about. Yeah. And I thought it was the best thing ever. And I thought everybody knew what I was talking about. And then I was very surprised where I was like mystified when I came out. What the fuck are you, what is Sir William of the Shards? What the fuck? I know, I, I was, I immediately IMDb'd and typed it exactly in there. Sir <laughs> William Shards. I don't see this actor. Not as much of a kickboxing legend, but really good at making a uh, thermometer out of wood. Have you met w, uh, WN? No. It's, it's Chuck's brother, Whit. Whit Norris. <laughs> Whit Norris in this? He makes wood thermometers. He's badass. They, they have a name for people, a term for, for people that in French that use Elon Musk X. They have a term, you know, they, they review for his, his website, little TT. I don't know it. I think it's, I think it's Trey Twitty. <laughs> I think it's Trey uh, Twitty, Nick. Do you play much golf? I mean, no. So you haven't, you haven't figured out the finishing move in golf? I mean, if you're talking about RP, I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, that is. That's the finishing move in golf. But who is it? You're talking about the rel putt. <laughs> now, that is a great name. Rel? You ever see that movie, uh, Dennehy movie, where he went full buff? Uh, I'm putting it on my list now. He's like, he does not wear clothes in the movie. I'm, I'm, you're, you have my attention and my interest. There's, a, there's no wardrobe needed. He's just 
Walk around full ass. You remember okay. the BS? I don't. This? No. Brian shows? <laughs> no. I mean, he shows, Nick. Not on his face, mostly. It's just, yeah. the camera's almost hugging it. Hugging us down there. But did you see that there was somebody in this, in the credits named Remington Steele? No, I did stunt, not. No, I did not. There was a stunt performer named Remington Steele, which is the name of a 80s TV show starring Pierce Brosnan, I think. Right, yeah. Or maybe not Pierce Brosnan. No. It was. It was absolutely Pierce Brosnan. That was that was his claim to fame. Was it him? Pierce yeah. Brosnan. Yeah. Did you see that that the, the the bus from Speed accidentally got knocked over and fell off of a cavern? No, I didn't hear this. Yeah. J JK. Simmons? I don't have JK. Maybe you remember who played Keanu Reeves' partner in that. Jeff Klutz, man. He kicked that accidentally kicked the bus off of a cavern. <laughs> Jeff Daniels survives that movie, right? He doesn't die. <laughs> Look, man, you got to get a tattoo from uh, from the accountant. What are you going to put on your body? What would be a good tattoo? On the back of my neck, you're like, what am I looking at? I don't understand. I was like, well, you're not standing the right way. Turn this way. And you're like, oh, I I'm surprised that they, I'm surprised I didn't notice it immediately. Got a beautiful tat on the back of my neck. What is it? It's the open body bag with the burnt and beat up Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, you have to look at it from the right angle. Otherwise, it just looks like, you know, maybe an orchid. The scenes in the prison with him are just very reminiscent of his scenes in Arrested Development when he's in prison. It's just kind of a funny, like, that they cast him in that role. Mine is just simple, a simple tattoo. So in the movie, they show his ritual of going home, like, his, you know, like what he does. And right before he enters his garage, he hits the garage door. They have a close-up of the garage door opener and has hooked on his visor. I have the same one, the same garage door opener exactly the same nice. and i would just get both my movie accurate garage door opener and mine i take both a picture of that and then my actual one to the tattoo artist side by side have them tattoo both of them side by side and underneath write the word sames <laughs> what do you think pretty good yeah it's pretty good I'll put that on my shoulder look man you gotta have either a sequel or a stinger to the accountant escrows underneath money's belt what are you putting this is the sequel and they're on to him, Nick. They don't want, they, they're sick of this guy doing math. They're so sick of it. You know, yeah. just like, they're just getting, you know, figuring out things. They're so tired of him. He's like, so they're like, we can't take him, they can't take him on head on, but we've developed a serum. If we could get him to drink it, we might have a shot because it does something fucked up. It'll end his, it'll end him. And they're like, all right, let's figure out a way to get this liquid in them. I don't know what we're going to do. So the movie is a, this kind of like a heist movie where they're trying to stick this serum in something that he sips, you know. They finally do it halfway through the movie. They get it in his um, coffee cup, drinks it, goes to bed, wakes up the next day, blows on his fingers, and they fly off. <laughs> Nick, it, we it weakens his finger. He cannot, he cannot do anything. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he can't yeah. blow on his fingertips anymore. So how's he getting a count? Yeah, he can't count without his fingertips. And they're like, we've done it. We've ended this this guy, this guy, this thorn in our side. But guess what? He blows on his dick. No, he goes back to the prosthetics business from the first. Oh. And they give him new fingers, Nick. And he gets revenge. Nice. What do you think? It's actually better than I would have expected. Thank you. Prosthetic fingers. It's a good and sequel. They, and they put armor as armor on him. And they said it's got sen it's sensitive to, to blowing on them too. We got you, bro. We got you. I want to find out a drink that targets fingers. It's pretty badass. They developed a serum, or whatever. <laughs> so mine is a stinger. Actually, Affleck shows up at Kendrick's house, mm -hmm. and he's got a renewed confidence. Did you say a nude confidence, like Brian Dennehy? <laughs> a renewed confidence, and he sits down on the couch and says, listen, I think you got a lot of numbers moving around inside your vulva and uterus. 
and I'm going to count them out. And it okay. works. She's already into him. He says the number three is often a sign of somebody coming up with numbers to try to sound random, but they're not mm-hmm. like he does in the movie. And he says, but I'm going to eat the number three out of you. She's like, I'm game for whatever, as long as you shit on me. I time out. I'm into this, 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 the scene or this sequel, I guess the scene. Cause I want them to be together. These two, these two, they're catches, you know, they have a vibe. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to creep on her, but he's creeping on her. Yeah, he is creeping yeah. on her. He has a minigun in his garage, if you know what I'm talking about. Look, you're in the movie. You've been added to the running time of the account. What shape does your performance take? So my character is kicking himself. Kicking himself, Nick. Find out about Ben Affleck's character. He's like, God damn it. He's so mad at himself because he's an assassin, and he uses it as a cover for his accounting business. He did it backwards, Nick. I should have just, you know, he's kicking himself. Yeah. It is funny. what's your character i am a hitman as well but i am posing as an it support guy oh wow at a a corporation and i am summoned when the need is great and i will change your wi-fi password to a 16 digit password with a a special character blow my hands maybe i'll throw a symbol in there everybody's like this guy just fucking swooped down like the bird of prey Right. And solve our, our IT problems, but they don't realize is my real shit is I am a super assassin. Oh, no. And I will fuck some stuff out. And maybe make a suggestion just so you don't get sued. You can differentiate yourself a little bit from, you know, take his moves. You maybe blow up, blow on your heels, like take your shoes off. <laughs> I'll blow in on my lower back. Like Plastic Man could. Look. You've been giving the finance and have your own business associated with the accountant. What are you going to spend the hard-earned on? I mean, this one might actually sell. I finally was like, I'm going to simplify the business. Because I, I originally envisioned doing like a Souls-like game, but you just, whenever you come to like a boss battle, you have to do accounting, you know, and math. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to print bumper stickers that say 2016's The Accountant is My Happy Place. <laughs> Or I just watched 2016's The Accountant. Which one do you like better? I'm thinking about printing both. Printing both? Yeah. And putting both on the car? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> we get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Can you imagine rolling hot down the road with two accountant bumper stickers on your... <laughs> and I want to put 2016 in front of The Accountant because I want... Because I think it's such a kind of generic term and people might, you. I want to make sure they know that you're watching them, you mean the movie. Right. You know. Yeah. Next. I was going to do a garage minigun, but I think for a nominal fee, I will come to your house and blow on your fingers. Nominal fee, huh? I'm filing for bankruptcy in a short amount of time because can't tell how many times I, I was 15 minutes into it and realized those weren't fingers. 15 minutes into it? <laughs> Is it dark in there? I'm blowing dudes for cheap, Justin. Um, Someone calls you up and you're like, I'm sorry, there must have been some wires crossed, some kind of mistake. I solely blow on fingertips. That's all I do. I blow on fingertips. And the people are like, I guess, kind of get, how much is it? It says blowing. It says you blow here. Yeah, fingers, fingertips. Sometimes I accidentally get a palm wrapped up in there. What's a Millennium Falcon of this movie that we just said it? <laughs> blowing the fingers? Yes. That is, without a doubt, the Millennium Falcon of this film. And and the ever-increasingly difficult 15. Oh, so, this one is so hard. 
So the porn title, what would the porn title of this movie be? Do you have a good one? Usually you can, you've been killing me on this. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, let me, let me say mine first. I had like the, um, the um, <laughs> amount ant. I had the ass count. I don't have anything. I, I, I'm ashamed of mine. The ass comptant. I can't, I got nothing. It's falling apart. It's like sand through fingers. And all right, what do you got? The amount of tits. So it's the same as what you were going to do. I didn't get there. <laughs> it's, a, it's like I'm just so glad that we didn't succumb to using just the C word as a fill-in, you know? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I did think of it. Look, the accountant, it's a hard one. You can do, like, I count ants, A-U-N-T-S. Or the amount of tits. The amount of tits is pretty good. <laughs> I feel bad for the person that has to kind of figure this out. I feel bad for the listeners. Oh, I feel I feel worse than you. They're 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 begging to the to their podcast app. Can you guys just do like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe so you have an easy <laughs> one for God's sakes? You know, you're on an island. You've been all these many years getting to briefing films. Now it's time to take some from the account. What you bring? I mean, mine's easy. I'm just going to take it because I rarely have a chance to do this. I'm taking that lightsaber. I would love to have that lightsaber in my house. And it, I think it looks like it's signed by Mark Hamill. I'm actually taking yeah. a legit item from this movie and putting it on my island for real. Want it? Love to have mm-hmm. it. I don't think it's real. I think it's actually a prop in the film. I think they made a fake movie prop, but it's not an legit. I don't something. There's something to do with it, but I, I, I still take it. It looks awesome. I take that lightsaber neck. I hope it works. I just want to take it. I'm just going to do it. I'm it's official. I'm you can throw it over. You could throw it over your shoulder. Just like Luke. The sad know? part is like, I'm doing, I'm all excited about this. And then I could have taken real lightsabers from the star Wars movies when we did them, you know? Because they're real. I'm going to take something real as well. I'm going to take the weird hair, weird chair, nonverbal, stressed out, weird order giving British voice fake. Uh, Alice Wright, her character. Yeah. I'm taking that weird. Uh, she's going to be just this weird chair, weird hair on my island, just in the corner, stretching out and stressing out. She has unkempt hair. Is that what you call it? weird hair? She doesn't brush yeah, her she, hair. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's sort of like Ali Sheedy in Breakfast Club, but I've got her non, she's just out there gesticulating, doing her, 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 her things, keeping herself in line, whatever it takes to get her through the day, you know, and I'm just watching her bake in the heat in her black clothes. Why are you taking her? Because she's a, an oddity that I will I will get appreciation for to, to see. She's such an effective part of this movie. She's very efficient. To the outsider, you could never guess. She's a perfect sneak efficient. attack. Yeah, fair enough. She's got skills. The, the, you have turned, like, I just took, like, a Star Wars prop to my island. You've turned your island into a human zoo. Do you realize that? You take yeah. more and more people from these movies to your island. Yes, I do. And it's not really a good place for them to live. You said you want to see her bake in her her black clothes in the sun. Like that's that's why you took her. Not that she has like skills. That is a feature, not a bug. And like I like how you throw in that she's very efficient at what she does. I'm like, oh, what's she gonna be doing in your eye? Oh, she's gonna be baking to death in her black clothes in the not sun. Not to death. She's gonna be uh, uncomfortable and sweaty, and her hair's gonna be absolutely uh, jacked out. She but I would like to think that I have an earpiece where I will be receiving British instructions from her. Can I zoom in just that- real quickly? Just just real quick. She's going to die on your island the first day. Now, she'll regenerate, right? That's that's one thing. Are you telling me I get to watch her die? It's like a it's like a Isle, isle of Horrors. You know, like an island of horrors that you got. I'm just you know over what? there trying to show off a coconut, like show off to my coconut friend that I got Luke's lightsaber, you know? Do you think that sweaty dungeon is a is a horror to Leatherface? You just gotta. It's about perspective, man. You know, it's funny. I've never put myself in Leatherface's shoes. I've never done it. But you know, maybe it's time. How's he feeling during this movie? What's he thinking? You know, what kind of shoes does he wear? 
never noticed this footwear in those movies. Have you? They're they're yeah, they're worn out boots. Uh, I'm thinking, right? Are they? Not yeah. flip flops. <laughs> Crocs. <laughs> that would be the ultimate insult: is to get killed by Leatherface, and as you dying, you look down. He's wearing fucking Crocs. <laughs> Or you you fall down to your knees, you're in half, and you see, "Hey, dude!" Look, it's the last thing you see is, "Hey, dude!" And you're like thinking, you're less like you realize that he has made somehow made a human skin Crocs, flesh yeah. Crocs. Am I going to be turned into a Croc? That would be the ultimate. Turns you into a Crocs, a pair of Crocs. And and who who did that used to be? And he's like Cynthia Rosh's Croc. Oh, man, it's so funny. I think about these these movies. They were so influential that we've been like damned for like 40 years. They're just part of the movie sphere, right? Like we, we have to, they just keep getting reiterated. It's okay. Yeah. They think it's okay that we could, that there's another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's acceptable. Just they keep making Leatherface movies. He's not interesting, you know, maybe is maybe they finally can make a version that that's, that's better than him just swinging that chainsaw around angrily, you know? Anyway. Uh, if somebody did a Leatherface movie where he is, uh, you know, trying to get into Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Found face Victim of the Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Oh, I guess I gotta learn to See, old man. He's trimming the weed. Trimming the weed. Oh, Lord, it must be Mr. Miyagi. Wax on. Wax on. Wax on, wax on, wax on, Mr. Miyagi. Well, now I'm tough as hell, but only 90 pounds. 90 pounds. Thank you, Mr. Miyagi. Just like a bonsai tree. You're gentle, you're tough as nails. Tough as nails. Oh, you're my hero, Mr. Miyagi. Wax on. Wax on. Wax on. Wax on, Mr. Miyagi. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Well, we changed him a lot, but we got him on the spot. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back.